The book of 2 John tells us what it means to love the truth and know the truth and walk in the truth. Today on Rooted Daily, we take a look at the second letter of John. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and in 1 John, John's first letter in scripture, John is contending with fake news, the lies and mistruths of a particular sect of false teachers that we call the Gnostics. In his second letter though, he moves from combating mistruths to exalting real truth. John's second letter in the scriptures is a practical letter of what it means to love the truth and know the truth and walk in the truth. I mean, in the first three verses, you'll see the word truth four times. So uh, I think about 1 John as being about fighting the problem and, and 2 John is more about enjoying the solution. You know, before we can move very far into the letter though, uh, we approach a fairly fundamental question. The, the recipients of this letter from John are named as the elect lady and her children. And the question is whether John is writing to an actual woman and her children, or if this is symbolic for a church or the church. And the context shows John's talking to the Christian community. The letter seems to have practical applications for all sorts of different Christians. The same key themes found in John's first letter. Uh, there's this use of plural pronouns uh, in this letter that have caused many to accept that the elect lady and her children are referencing a local church and its members. And I tend to start to agree there, but the strongest argument against this being the church is this hiccup with the children. The church is not a building. John isn't writing to a denomination. We cannot separate the church from her members. And so some say, this is redundant. And so maybe this is a real lady and her kids. And I don't think it's a bad argument. But and given the context of the whole letter, this is in fact to a local church, but addressed specifically to this elect woman. Now, I won't block you if you disagree with me, though. I'm on the fence. Uh, regardless, John is writing to Christians to encourage them and let them know they have the truth. They know the truth because they know the son, and they're in a relationship with him. Verses four through six of 2 John say, it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. John is rejoicing because some of the children of the elect lady are walking in the truth. We are commanded by God to walk in the truth, and it's worthy of joy when we are. John explains what walking in the truth looks like. In verse 5, he expresses the command that was given from the very beginning, that we love one another. That's a mark of if we are following God. And John used that same language in 1 John 2, 7 and John 13, 34 through 35. The apostle Paul taught the same truth concerning the relationship between love and walking in the truth. Walking in the truth means that we love one another. John continues the thought, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. So on one hand, loving one another is fulfilling uh, the law. Love and obedience are 
inseparably linked. Walking in the truth and loving our Christian brethren, they're not two separate commands. They're a circle of commands. It's a cycle of commands. And what I mean is that we cannot obey one command without obeying the other commands. If I am walking in the truth, then I must be loving others. If I am loving others, then I am walking in the truth. And I can't say that I walk in the truth and not love the Christian family. So the test of love is obedience to God's commands. And the test of obedience is whether one walks in love. And the argument that John makes is intentionally circular. And it's a circle that we so easily step outside of. You know, how much damage has been inflicted on other Christians in the claim of standing for the truth or walking in the truth? I'm just standing up for what's right. You know, walking in the truth, it's not about slandering names. It's not about trying to discredit and destroy everyone who doesn't agree with us. It doesn't mean trying to destroy others because you think this letter is written to a specific congregation or to this, this elect lady. No, walking in the truth cares about the souls of our Christian brethren. You know, sometimes that requires tough conversations, no doubt, but it's never done out of malice. If we want to be found in the truth, and love the truth, then we must love one another, even when standing up for the truth. Then in verses seven through 11, we start to shift, but on the same theme, John turns to this theme about, uh, we read about it in his first letter, that there are deceivers who have gone out into the world. The Antichrist is the person who does not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Rather than discussing more about who these deceivers are, though, John gives instructions on how to deal with them. And write these instructions out because they're important, but they're stunning. <laughs> it's hard to really wrap our minds around how serious he makes this. First, we need to watch ourselves. We need to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of accepting false teaching. And if we want to receive the reward waiting for us, then we need to remain in the truth and not fall into error. We can't ignore the fact that there are many who claim to be true followers of Jesus who are deceivers and don't teach the truth. We must accept that reality no matter how hard it is. It was true in the first century and it continues to be true today. Paul speaks of false brothers, Galatians 2.4, who have slipped in. Paul said that they were fierce wolves that would come into the flock, Acts 20.29. 20, Paul said that there were false apostles and deceitful workers and servants of Satan, 2 Corinthians 11.13. Jude speaks of brethren who have crept in unnoticed, who pervert the grace of God. You know, these writers, they're not speaking about some outsider, some non-Christian who steps inside the doors and we have to protect ourselves. These are the people sitting right next to us and we need to hear this warning. They are preachers and elders and Sunday school teachers and leaders working right next to you. And John says, do not be deceived. Just because a church is in a directory or on a website does not mean the truth is proclaimed there. Just because someone claims to be a Christian does not mean they are so. And so John says, watch so that we are not pulled away from the truth. Second, don't go beyond the teaching of Christ. To walk in the truth means that you stay in the boundaries of the revealed truth. Do not go beyond what is written. And we must take that charge seriously as a Christian. And third, John tells us that we need to take this charge so seriously that we are not to receive those who do go beyond the teaching of Christ. We cannot assist them in any way in their teaching. We do not treat them as brothers and sisters in the faith. And 
John's not teaching Christians to be rude here. This isn't about rudeness or hospitality. At that time, and still in a lot of ways today, to welcome someone into your home, it's not just an act of hospitality. It is enabling someone to go around town proclaiming error. And you can't assist them in that error. John's not saying to avoid the person and, and not try to teach them, but he is saying we cannot in any way condone what they're doing or be in fellowship with their actions. False teachers and false prophets and antichrists and deceivers, John even says to not give them a greeting. Again, he's not asking Christians to be rude and not say hi, but do not act like you are in Christian fellowship when they are going against the truth. Why? Well, verse 11 gives us a stark warning. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. When we assist those deceivers who go beyond the truth, either financially or hospitality, with our hospitality, or even by acting like we're in fellowship, John says that we are taking part in their wicked works. John tells us we must draw a line in the sand at some point. It's an important principle. John teaches the responsibility of the Christian to refuse immoral, ungodly influences and to refuse to support or welcome someone who stands in opposition to the faith. Now let's pull it all together, this whole book, because to me, those seem like pretty diverse ideas at first glance. Walking in the truth means we love one another. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then second, John jumps over here to this idea that the guy next to you might be a deceiver. And many people, because they haven't carefully applied these commands or understood them, have caused tremendous damage to their communities and their congregations. We love. That is the foundation of all the commandments, of all truth. But love does not mean we tolerate or support anything that leads others away from the truth. And we stand for the truth, but we never do it out of malice. No, we look after each other from all threats, whether they are from inside or outside. And if we see someone hurting someone else, even if the person doing the hurting is a respected member in the church, we refuse to tolerate it. We refuse to join those deceivers in their wicked work. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.